You're listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. This is season number two. It's episode number six. Cub fans lose their best friend in the whole world. I'm Dustin Rhodes, executive producer of the Mully and Haw Show on 670 The Score. The guys are live 5.30 till 10 each day. And, of course, we are your radio home for Cubs baseball. And, as always, I am joined by my buddy Crowley. Crowley, happy uh, Tuesday afternoon to you. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, kind of an interesting weekend, but uh, we're, we're back on it here and, uh, you know, lots to talk about. Uh, Trey Mancini, right? Got Trey me. Mancini is the good news to talk about. Um, officially now a uh, Chicago Cub, and later on in this podcast, Crowley and I will remember our friend Lynn Bramer, who unfortunately lost his uh, fight with cancer this past weekend, surrounded by his uh, wife, and his son. But Trey Mancini, a cancer survivor himself, was introduced as the new Cubs first baseman DH and maybe a little corner outfielder Crowley, right? Yeah, you know, there there were there were certain things that I thought were uh, pretty interesting from the press conference and, and and you know, it just goes along with with, with good clubhouse guys that karma that they're bringing to, to the uh, to the team, to the clubhouse. Uh, you hit upon it last time Dustin where, you know, not only are these guys, you know, guys that have had success in the major leagues, not only are they good character guys, but, you know, they have a history of winning. So, you know, just like uh, when we when we listened to some of the interviews before, uh, some of the guys like Dansby Swanson and Jameson Tyone, you know, listening to Trey Mancini, you know, he, interesting, and I think he's going to be a really good fit. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the first things that they really talk about is, you know, what we were worried about is, is, is hey, are the Cubs going to sign Mancini? This is such a good fit. And uh, Trey kind of talks a little bit about um, that fit and, and how it kind of worked out for him. I think the Cubs were a team the whole time that we thought would be a great fit for me. Um, you know, I have a lot of Midwest roots um, and, and went to college nearby. And, um, you know, in the team, too, it's, it just seemed like a great fit, a team, um, you know, where I could move around in, in the different positions I played in my career, whether it be first, outfield, DH. Um, you know, I'm always always down for any of them, um, you know, good to play wherever they want me. So, um, you know, I thought the team team would be a great fit. And with the moves that that, they, that we've made this offseason, um, you know, it's a really exciting team to play for moving forward. All righty. So that, that's the cool thing right there is he's already kind of saying, hey, man, wherever you want to put me, put me. And so uh, if they need something in, in the corner outfield spots, absolutely. If you need him to DH, he's there. If you need him to play first. So, you know, I think he's just excited. And that's what you and I talked about from the very beginning when we – realized that, you know, okay, what are we going to do at first? We can't have, you know, another season of Alfonso Rivas. You know, Mancini was right at the top of both of our lists, I would say. How blanking refreshing, Crowley. A guy that wants to do whatever is needed to help his new team win, right? He's willing to play first base. He's willing to play DH. He's willing to play in either one of the corner outfield spots. He's not coming here saying, I only DH. I only play first base. I only bat against right-handed pitchers. I only bat against left-handed pitchers. He wants to be here, and the Cubs want him to be here. And I think that's very important. I think you really have to look into a player's eye, and you have to get to know the player, and you got to find out that the player wants to be here. The player is not just here to collect your 7 or $10 million. They want the 7 or $10 million, too. But what they want to do is help the team win, and they want to be here. 
Now, speaking of wanting to be here, um, one of the things that Trey Mancini did during free agency is he talked about playing for Team Italy in the World Baseball Classic. And this kind of goes, this kind of shows you how much this guy is serious about playing in Chicago. Um, this was kind of surprising here because, you know, people were asking, hey, how are you going to handle this new team? Plus, at the same time, playing games in Italy. And this is what he responded with. I, uh, whenever I decided to join the Cubs, I was talking, um, you know, with Jed and, and um, the front office and especially with me going to a new team. Um, we thought it might behoove me to be there the whole time with the team, um, you know, especially since I'm going to be a kind of more veteran presence in the clubhouse. So, um, you know, I, I probably will be better for me to stay there um, all spring, you know, and get to know the guys and, and be there. So he is, he has now decided that he would rather stay in spring training, get to know his teammates, get to know everything there. He will not be playing for team Italy. So he will no longer be uh, part of the, the world baseball classic. And I, I'm happy about that too, Dustin. I am too, and I would feel the same way, Crawley, even if he was playing for Team USA. He's Mm -hmm. a veteran. Um, The Cubs need a veteran presence in that clubhouse, a a more veteran presence, if you will. Not that they don't have some veterans that they've they've brought in, but I think it's important. I think this team has the opportunity to compete in their division, and you don't need a guy getting hurt. You don't need a guy coming in, coming out, not showing where his priorities are. And Team Italy is not paying him $7 million to hit baseballs. And even if he was playing for Team USA, I'd feel the same way about this. I want my Cubs with the Cubs in spring training. Right. And, 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 and you know, it, it, I would say, you know, like I don't have a problem with Seiya playing in Japan, with Japan or Marcus playing with Puerto Rico or whoever. But I think that it does say something that this is your first year. You know what I mean? So kind of getting to and, and knowing his role as a leader and, and wanting to be there with the young guys as they're coming in. So I think, you know, that's exciting. Now, um, one thing I, guess we I talk- could I guess I could buy into that, Crowley. I guess I could buy into what you're saying there, that if you were a guy who had already been with the team two, three years, maybe not. But say, you know, I got to be honest, like say is still kind of brand spanking new considering the amount of time he missed. Stroman, not the greatest season. And then he doesn't come to CubsCon and neither did Saya. We talked about that last week or last episode. Something else that's not sitting fantastic with me. So I, I don't know that, I don't know that those two have enough, uh, if the right word is skin in the game or time invested, that they, that they should be doing that either. Um, I, I wouldn't, you know, it, it, to me, I guess it's kind of like, what is your role on the team? What do you, what are you here to do? And I know that for Seiya especially, um, and I talked to Marcus actually about this, uh, with Seiya, you know, representing Japan is, is a big honor, um, for him. And, um, for Marcus, he loved playing, he played for USA in the world baseball classic, um, and his mom is Puerto Rican, and so he wanted the opportunity to do that. So there's a, I think there is a, I think depending on, you know, some guys are just playing with teams just to play on teams. I think Pedro Strope is playing for I, I the Netherlands or something. You're kind of like scratch your head, you know what I mean? Like, how much connection do you have to that country? I mean, Seiya, I mean, has a huge connection to Japan and 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 to that country. And and like I said, Marcus with his mom, they're very very close. So I think it means a lot to him to play for it. I don't, I don't. Well, you know, if you want to play there, that's fine. I think, though, in this situation, I think for Trey, it would be really great to have him all around during the clubhouse during this time. And so, 
And, and again, one of the big parts of his, his role here is going to be leadership. And so I think if you're going to be a leader, you're going to need to be there in the clubhouse. You know what I mean? Yeah, you definitely need to be there. I just, I, I prefer, just for what it's worth, I would prefer that all three of them were, were there all the time. Now, Mancini was asked what he learned about himself during the trade. And so he kind of talked a little bit about, you know, some of the struggles that he endured when he was in Houston. Yeah, I was with, with Baltimore for a long time and, um, you know, got to Houston, had a really, really good first few weeks. And then um, once September rolled around, um, you know, just started struggling a bit at the plate. And, and unfortunately, that rolled into October, too. So, um, you know, I think with everything going to a new place, I, I handled it all well. You know, it was just kind of unfortunately slumped at, at the wrong time and, and got in some bad habits at the plate mechanically. But, um, you know, you learn a lot. And, and um, you know, I think I, I powered through really well and, and ended up, um, you know, we, we won the World Series, which was amazing. And, and I got to contribute in the end there. Um, you know, it took a while, but um, you got to contribute towards the end. So you learn a lot. You know, you have to you have to stick through those tough times. And, and even when you're not feeling great, you're playing for something much bigger than yourself. Um, and that's something. So I thought that was kind of interesting a little bit about, you know, realizing that unfortunately, sometimes guys you know struggle at the worst possible time. He did start off hot with Houston, but it did not end well. And so, you know, that, you know, to the Cubs advantage, at least, you know, he is here now. One thing that I thought was interesting, Dustin, is is obviously one of the big stories surrounding um, Eric, or I'm sorry, Trey Mancini, is the idea of recovering from cancer. You know what I mean? Having stage three cancer and recovering from that. And I thought this was interesting. Uh, Sahadav Sharma from The Athletic asked him a little bit about recovering from cancer and when did he feel like he was normal again and it was an interesting answer it's a hard one to answer because um you know i'd say my answer has changed throughout like if if you would have asked me that march of 2021 i would have said i was fully recovered but i wasn't you know um you know my leg strength was not even close to where it was beforehand and i would say maybe like earlier this year was probably or last season um i mean this when i say this year was probably when i felt like i was like fully back physically um after having another off season of just normal training a year removed from having cancer i would say that's when um i really felt like i was fully back to where i was pre-cancer um it was mostly the leg strength to be honest that was the last thing to come back um you know, it definitely took a toll on my, my strength and my legs. And as the season goes on, goes on, it can be reflective of that. Um, you know, when you don't have a lot left in the tank, your legs are extremely important to hitting everything you do. So, um, you know, having my legs back under me was, is pretty important. So, you know, when we talked about the slump that he had in Houston, that comes, you know, mid-September into October, right? And, and and so the one thing I'm I'm just kind of wondering is that, you know, for a man who went through everything he had to, which was, you know, very difficult and going through chemotherapy and all of that stuff, you know, is that, yeah, you know, you, you think you feel okay, but baseball is a grind. We've all heard that a million times, you know, and, and, and once you get to the dog days of August and then you get into September, that's when a lot of guys are really kind of running on fumes. So, I, I mean, to, to see him kind of realize, okay, you know, my leg strength, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, when you come back and you've been gone for a little bit and, you know, you play in the first couple of weeks, yeah, you know, you may not think about it, but as you get along and all of a sudden you realize, okay, 
yeah, I, I'm, I'm starting to feel it, especially in my legs. And that's definitely going to affect your swing and how you perform at the end of the season. So I'm just hoping that another off season and, 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 you know, kind of being aware of that, you know, hopefully that'll be something that this season he can play strong throughout 162. You know what I mean? Well, it's another good point about why it's important probably to be with the team as much as possible, not, you know, flying to wherever the World Baseball Classic's being played, being in those competitive games, maybe not being as around as much good um, strength training and trainers that they would have with the Cubs as opposed to what they might have with Team Italy at the World Baseball Classic. But yeah, his legs are very important. I saw a piece on the Marquee Network talking about like if his legs do get right, if he can get his legs back underneath him, there is no reason that Trey Mancini can't be good for 25 home runs next year. Okay, right. And, but and, and, if his legs aren't right, if his legs aren't right, you know this will be a short this will be a short assignment with the Cubs. And, and keep in mind, too, is that, you know, he, you don't have to play him every day. There are so many options and so many guys that can play multiple positions. Great so, point. You, you know, Great you, point. you know, you can go and say, OK, we're going to we're going to start Eric Hosmer today. OK, we're going to start Patrick Wisdom. Let's not forget that a guy that hit 25 home runs a couple two seasons in a row uh, and a guy that played really good first base. So it's not like you're saying, you know, Mancini or bust. It, it's. It's he's going to be able to kind of rest up and, and and hopefully that will help him. He's not he doesn't have to be the guy. So 2021, when he was comeback player of the year for uh, Baltimore, I mean, he was he's, he's their first baseman. He is the guy that needs to do it. Not necessarily the case with the Cubs. And so um, one of the questions brought up to him was about Eric Cosmer, right? Like so like, every, you know, what was the communication like between you and uh, Eric Cosmer, especially, you know, they sign him and then they sign you second. So he kind of talked about that a little bit. Um, you know, I can play different places, either corner outfield, first base or, or DH. And, and um, you know, that's that's going to be my role is moving around. Um, it'll probably depend on who's pitching on the other team, um, you know, whether or where, where I'm playing is going to depend on that. So um, and that's what Rossi told me when I talked to him on the phone. Um, and I told him, you know, I don't care where I play at all. You know, I just I like playing wherever you want me. I'm there. Again, wherever you want to play me, I'm there. That's the good news. I, Crowley, based on what we've been talking about, though, I think it would be uh, a mistake. It would be disappointing to find out that he was playing much corner outfield. I think you'd have to have some injuries. Something would have to really go wrong for him to be playing games in place of Saya or Ian Happ, right? I mean, Saya and Ian Happ, if you were talking about how many guys will play like 150 games, if they're not injured, Seiya Suzuki and Ian Happ should be playing 150 50 games next year. Absolutely. But, but you know what? Baseball's going to baseball, man. And, and you just sit there and you take a look at the injuries, you know, and you see what they did on both sides of the town last year, north side and south side, is that injuries just absolutely hurt both teams, I would say. And so I just feel like you can never have too much depth and you have a lot of guys that have positional flexibility, which is really important. Absolutely. I'll give you that, Crowley. I, I love the idea of the positional flexibility. I just, let's put it this way. I don't want to see Trey Mancini <laughs> in left or right field for like 30 or more games next no, year. No, I mean, you're no, talking I, about, you know, a 10 game homestand, let's say, and he plays one game in left field. Okay. Okay. I can live with that. Right. Just to keep him athletic and out there, if, if you will. But if he's starting 30 games, then that means something's not gone right. Right. And and like I said, you know, the hope is, is that, like you said, Saya and Ian are playing all the time. But, you know, you just never know, man. And I, I just I'd rather have a good option 
a major league ready option than, than to kind of be sitting there and hoping that some guy you're calling up is ready. Cause they may not be, they may, they may not be, who knows, but I just, the more depth to me, and this is where I think this team is going to be strong is the depth in pitching is the depth of positional play, you know, at all the different positions. And so I, I think it's, it's so much more deeper of a team than last year, last year's last year, they were paper thin. The second one little thing happened, you had nothing left. And so I think this year it's just, it's just you know, do you have who's the superstar all star? You know, I don't see that on this team like some the big big you know superstar. But what I see is just a lot of depth on this team all over the place, up and down bullpen rotation, positionally. So I think that's going to help the Cubs. Now Mancini was asked which Cubs reached out to him. Do you have any guess which ones may have reached out to him, Dustin? Um, I no idea. Who who is Mister? I'm taking charge of the clubhouse. Little well, Dansby, that was, that was Dansby Swanson, right? Yes, sir. Let's hear what they have to say. I've talked to to a couple guys. Jan Gomes reached out uh, and welcomed me. I talked to Dansby. I lived in Nashville for a few years, and Dansby was living there at the time too. And we trained together at Vanderbilt, so I talked to him a little bit. And um, and Hosmer reached out to me too. Um, and yeah, so I've talked to those three so far and, and funny enough, I've actually never played with anybody on the team before, which is um, pretty crazy with how small the baseball world is. Um, the only one is Michael Rucker was a rule five pick in Baltimore's spring camp, I think in 2020. Um, so I, he's the only person that I've like been in the same dugout with. So that's really exciting too to, to get to play with a whole new group of guys. Yeah, so, so Dan's Dan's be making the phone calls. Like like I said, this guy he asked Dansby's gonna be a leader. He's not lying about that, right? No, he remember he asked for all the numbers and sure sure as heck he's calling and, and I think that's cool that they have that connection of working out together in Nashville and stuff like that. So you know, the, the, it's it's I just see this coming together. I see this at you know, as far as, as you know, the fruition of, of everything that Jed and, and, and Carter have put together. And so, you know, I, I mean, I can just imagine the conversations that Dansby and Hosmer and, uh, you know, Mancini are already having and kind of really kind of, and I think Jan Gomes is a quiet leader. You know what I mean? I think he's a leader that we, he, we not, you know, he's not going to be as loud as Dansby, but he's a guy that I think commands respect, um, not only in the clubhouse, but just around baseball. So, you know, how odd is it though, that he's never played with any of these guys before? I think that is a, a very, very weird little fact because you know most of these guys have at one point in time you know time played with each other but but he's not, been an Oriole he was an Oriole his whole career until the quick yeah. trip to Houston but nobody else came through there so kind, kind of funny so uh you know he was asked Mancini was asked about playing at Wrigley and, and his thoughts on that and of course we got to play that because we're cup fans and we love that incredible uh, my first time at Wrigley was the summer of 2004 I believe um one of my best friends from growing up was a diehard Cubs fan and we went up to a couple games that summer um I remember wearing a Matt Clement goatee to one of the games they gave it to everybody in the stadium back then so I have a picture of me with that the big goatee on my chin um and you know the place was magical and and i remember that um as a kid there it's hard to replicate that feeling like when i was in the al i'd always say fenway has a certain feel about it and i'd say the same thing about wrigley i finally was able to get to play there this past june i believe was when it was um just incredible i mean what what a great place and and i'm so excited that it's my home park now 
Dustin. Great place indeed, Crowley. Great place indeed. He's saying all the right things. Every Cub fan has got to be gobbling up everything Trey Mancini has said. But he actually backed it up. He, he sent the picture and Marquis yeah. tweeted it out. Yeah, I laughed. With I saw that, that, yeah. With that beard. And I swear to God, Dustin, for me, you know me. I'm such a geek about the stadium giveaways. Like my poor season ticket rep. I'm always like, hey, get me one of these. Get me two. You know, I... I still have, I don't even, I got to find it. I have the Moises Alou duck, the rubber ducky Moises Alou. Okay. Like, I love that stuff. So the fact that he actually was wearing the beard as a kid, how, how much, how, how fun is that, man? I mean, just... I remember seeing, I remember seeing a picture of a couple of nuns at the game wearing the Matt Clement. And I think that was actually for a playoff. Didn't Matt Clement start a playoff game? For yeah. The yeah. In, in the 2003. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I think the nuns were wearing the, the, the mini Matt Clement goatees at that game, or they made their own little makeshift ones that looked exactly like what a young Trey Mancini had uh, glued to his face. Right. So you, you could, there was a stadium giveaway and then there was also, you could buy it outside of the ballpark, you know, some, you know, there's always entrepreneurs around Wrigley and there, there was somebody selling them. And I, I don't think I still have mine anymore. I got too many boxes to go through, but absolutely loved it. Um, this last clip that we're going to play for you kind of just talks about, you know, what we've really kind of been discussing that overarching theme um, through about this off season and that, and that is clubhouse leadership, what it looks like and what he's going to bring to the team. Yeah, I mean, I was so just from playing them last year and, and I actually, I played with Michael Givens in Baltimore for a while. Um, you know, from, from what I saw and, and what he said, you know, he said, there's a lot of young talent on the team and it's, it's an exciting team, but it was just kind of experience I think was, was, um, you know, lacking a bit. And especially with the signings we made this off season and, and, um, experience that was added. I think when you have a lot of exciting young talent meshed with some of the right veteran guys, that can be a great mix and that can really propel, especially the younger guys forward. Um, you know, cause, cause those younger guys with a lot of talent and not a lot of experience, um, you know, how quickly they grow is very important, um, to the team's success. So, um, I think it's just getting the right mix of people in there. And I, I think that we've certainly done that. And I'm excited for us all to be in the same clubhouse and, and get it started. Right mix of people. That's what it's about. They've got, they're looking to get the right mix. And the, the Cubs, again, I think they've had a sneaky, good offseason. They've brought a lot of good guys. If these guys can play to anywhere near as good as they've carried themselves as well as they've addressed the media, as well as they've been at Cubs convention, the, the Cubs are going to be in a position to compete next year, Crowley. Absolutely. And, and, and what you've done is with all these signings is you aren't blocking anybody that, you know, there's nobody in the way of these young players. So these young players will have a chance to compete for jobs and not have, to, you know, if all of a sudden you sign a you know, first baseman for seven years, you know, what, what do you, what do you tell to Matt Mervis, right? If you're signing center fielders, you know, to eight year deals, what do you tell him Brennan Davis or PCA? So you, you, these are guys that kind of understand their roles. They know that they're going to have to prove their, you know, prove it to try to get that next big deal. But they also know that they have a responsibility in making sure that the young talent that we have talked so much about on this show is being developed. And I think that's where it's, it's going to be a huge difference this year. I think great leadership and I am super excited about it. Couldn't be more excited either, Crowley.